1: Hello, I'm Kathy Worthington, and welcome to our latest episode of Late Boomers. Today, our guest is a painter, Fiona Valentine, who went from painting for fun to selling her art and teaching other artists how to recognize their creativity and turn their art into a business.
2: And I'm Mary Elkins. Fiona is talking to us on Zoom from Down Under, where she is in Melbourne, Australia. She's the creator of the Profitable Artist Method. We look forward to hearing her story and hope it will inspire some of you listening to this. Welcome, Fiona.
3: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Tell
1: us about your background and how you got started on this path. Were you once living in
3: Africa, I heard? That's right. Yeah, I went straight out of high school onto a a trip to Africa. I was teaching kids to read for a year.
1: In which country?
3: I was in Nigeria. West Africa. Mm. And I thought that I would come home, go to college, and get on with normal life. But I actually met my husband during the last couple of months that I was there. Mm. And so that started a whole chain of events. He's from the US. So he followed me to Australia when his time was up in Africa. We got married, went back to the US, and returned to Africa where we worked together. So I found myself uh, in a mud village raising a baby on my my own in terms of extended family and friends. It was a pretty intense experience. We were working with nomads just south of the Sahara. Fantastic time but really tough and because I was up close and personal with poverty and it felt like my creativity was really frivolous. And so being young, not knowing any better, I made a decision not to exercise my creativity. And I really didn't understand at the time how unhealthy that was as a human. We're all creative, not just some of us. And we express it in different ways, but it really needs to be developed and exercised. But I didn't understand that. So it wasn't until years later, reflecting on my mothering experience in Africa, that I deliberately unpacked my creativity more. I started to understand how much a part of my identity it was and why it really mattered. And so I began painting in earnest. And about the same time I'd finished up nine years of homeschooling my kids um, and I sent them to school and I went to work. And I I had a bit of an early midlife crisis. I realized I wasn't qualified to do anything I really wanted to do. And it was really quite frustrating to me, but I, I got an admin manager role. I did a diploma of business. I learned a lot and all the while I'm painting on the side and this dream of painting all the time, not just on the side, just kept growing. Mm -hmm. So my husband and I, had a big discussion and I said look I really want to do this and so we made a deal that I would start a side hustle with my art and figure out how to make it work and once I could replace my salary then I would leave my admin manager role.
2: Well talk about how one creates from creates a business how does one turn their creative Creativity into a business.
3: Well, that's what I was wanting to figure out. How do you do this? So I went to ask for some advice. And the advice I got was it's very hard to make a living selling paintings. You really need to be able to teach art. That's the way to do it. Well, Mm. that worked great for me because I have a teaching background. That's how I'm wired and I love to do it. So that's what I did. Now, I think that was terrible advice. It was well-meant, but completely outdated and just simply not true. Now, I teach aspiring artists how to paint for fun and for profit, even if they've never sold any of their work before. I have a whole method that I teach, but I didn't know that in the beginning.
1: So you say it is possible for artists to make a living from their art,
3: Absolutely, it is possible. There are artists doing it all over the world and the internet makes it even more accessible. Mm. There's so much freedom to pursue that. But it also obviously has its own skill set. So as I pursued my teaching, um, I was teaching kids and adults, teaching several classes, teaching workshops, and I I was really enjoying it and painting on the side And then as I went along, I got more and more excited about taking students further than just a class. So I I built luxury art retreats and they were fantastic. I got to spend three days with women in a beautiful setting in wine country, in the Yarra Valley, in a country hotel where women could just come away, they could get away from everything, enjoy being pampered and really focus on their creativity. And the breakthroughs that happened in that time were just so exciting to see. But still three days is not enough to transform that when that dream really takes a hold of you and you want to figure out how do I do this? So I'd been coaching artists one-on-one and then I, I really chose to make that my focus on helping artists with these methods that I had figured out and I was seeing more and more of this outdated advice. Oh, it's very hard to sell art. And by now I knew that that wasn't true. And I'd, I'd grown and invested in my own coaching and businesses and the things that the courses and coaching I did taught me, I really had to apply to the artist's situation. And so eventually, just the way my brain is wired if I'm going to hack my way through something hard, I jolly well want to turn around and make it easier for the person coming behind me.
1: Yeah. Oh, very generous.
3: It just comes naturally to me. And in fact, I found myself, I, I thought I was building a teaching business so that I could have more and more time to paint and sell my art. And I was doing both, but as I was doing it, I, I found so much joy and fulfillment in making this process doable and learnable and helping people avoid the mistakes that I had made and the bad advice that I was seeing everywhere things like you know you need an art degree or you need a gallery to represent you or you need to enter shows and win prizes you need to have a huge portfolio if you need to have a lot of talent if you didn't make it in your 20s you'll never make it
2: yeah Well, you teach people how to create their portfolio and their businesses at the same time. I mean, isn't that more of a left brain, right brain situation? That's hard to do. How do you accomplish that?
3: It really is. And that whole left brain, right brain situation that happens in art, both in your planning your paintings and in planning your business, leads to whole brain thinking, which is actually a really, really exciting thing. The more we know about the brain the more we realize the more connections that you build, the more opportunities you give your brain to reinforce those connections with repetition, Mm -hmm. the more innovative you become. I actually teach workshops for businesses as well to help them show their staff how to become more creative and innovative by building up those neural pathways, kind of like taking your brain to the gym.
2: Can you give us a couple of examples?
3: Yeah, so I do that uh, by teaching a drawing process a three-step drawing process and as you learn that process of shapes shadows shading you know you're envisioning a goal you're learning steps and carefully measuring and then you're going through that first stage of measuring and mapping out which is the hardest and the least rewarding stage then you're getting into the middle miles. And then finally, it's starting to come together and you're seeing, wow, I did this. And it was more about skill. It was more so, about.
1: So, literally, in the same day, you might yes, be absolutely. doing both. You're not just compartmentalizing it.
3: Exactly. It's all, you're using all these different parts of your brain at different parts of the process. And you're discovering that at the core of it, is developing confusion endurance. Oh. And that's a highly distinctive trait of creative people. It's the ability to, you know, push through hard stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. But how do you know if you're ready to sell your art?
3: That's a good question. Yeah, so you've, you know that you're creative because we're all creative. You're, you've learned some skills to paint or draw. Once you can paint, the thing is that you will actually never feel ready. So the the trick is to get ready and you can actually create a portfolio and a business at the same time following my method because you don't need a huge portfolio. In fact, I teach people to create collections. So you build your collection, but as you're building your collection, you're also building a simple business model. And I show people how to do that. Your tax accountant is often your best friend in this department because they can help you set up a simple model. Once you're legal, social media profiles, an email list and a website work together so that you can share the journey of creating your collection of paintings with your audience. And who doesn't love to see a good before and after, a good creative journey? Wow. Wow
1: absolutely that's That's fabulous
3: it's just really fun and so as you're being real you're being authentic you're not going to be like anybody else because no one creates quite like you do and when you know you've got clarity on your own way of doing things I encourage three questions how much time do you want to spend how much um, money do you want to make And then what do you love to do? So not just, okay, I love to make art, but what kind, uh, what subjects, what style? Maybe you like watercolor, maybe you like oil paints, maybe you like doing huge florals in oil. Maybe you love pets and that's part of your story. And so you paint pet portraits in acrylic, whatever it is that's your thing, your collectors are going to be the people who love what you do. So once you figured out what you love, how much time you want to spend and how much money you want to make, then you can figure out the highest value offer with those three things, time, money, and what you're passionate about. Where they overlap, you can craft your highest value offer and then just stay there.
2: I love wow. That. Yeah. What if? if oh, what if someone... is an an artist and very creative, but they're insecure and they think, well, I'm not qualified to do all of this. I'm not qualified as an artist. What do you advise them to do?
3: To recognise that just like learning to draw or paint, it's not really about talent or even qualifications. It's about practice. And like anything else, you get better with practice. So I help with really specific things Figuring out how to articulate the value that you bring, how to identify who your ideal collectors are, how to share on social media in simple ways. And once you kind of know there are some templates, some formulas, some simple ways. So I give people in my Profitable Artist Method coaching program prompts so that they, they know exactly the kind of thing they're going to be sharing on social media. And it can be very simple. And because we're artists... Things are very visual, and so it's actually really easy to take people on that journey of preparing your canvas, you know, seeing photos of you outside sketching, um, talking about how you chose titles and getting your audience involved in choosing names for your paintings, telling them what this particular collection is all about.
1: Love that. Yeah,
3: and what are, what, are your,
1: what are your top tips for pricing artwork?
3: So here it gets really specific. I have a formula and I believe that height plus width times a pricing amount. So rather than multiply your height by your width, that's going to give you a different set of dynamics. When you add the height and the width of the painting and multiply that by 25 or 35 or $50, you get less variation between tiny paintings and large paintings. So for me, it just makes more sense. Mm. So get a spreadsheet, work out that simple formula, and then list all your costs. And it's this is where most artists make a mistake: they forget to include all their costs.
1: Wow! Yeah, of course I they think do. That
2: applies to every part of art, no matter if you're a painter, a writer, um, a sculptor, anything. Um, we talked about social media. Talk about, elaborate a little bit on selling art on social media and also is there any particular uh, area that you'd advise people to start with like, I don't know, Instagram, Facebook, etc.
3: Yeah, you don't have to be everywhere, which is a big relief because most artists want to be in their studio and they're not wanting to hang out on social media and spend all of their life there. And, and you really don't have to once you have a method. So starting off by optimising your profiles so that you're very clear about what you do and the value that you bring. Maybe you help brides to remember the joy of their wedding day by creating a custom portrait of their bouquet.
1: Hmm. If that's <laughs> that's a good idea. Did,
3: <laughs> yeah, then if that was your thing, you would know who your audience are and so you would be very clear in your presentation and your colours and the way that you presented yourself on social media would appeal to that particular audience and you would find out where they are. You could connect with other people in the bride industry, the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah, great advice. Have, I like
2: that.
3: Thank you. That clarity just really helps. And, of course, pictures and videos and all of that sort of thing. Um, but it comes with practice. You can do a lot on your phone, walk around your house, videoing, talking to yourself until you get comfortable. It helps.
1: That's good because I bet a lot of artists are kind of reclusive and they they don't feel comfortable doing a selfie speech on live Instagram or something. But if they break through that, maybe they find a whole new audience, right?
3: Exactly, because people want to connect with people and people want to buy art from people they care about, real Humans. And so, if you can show your face, if you can get over that self consciousness that everybody feels, then you really can build connection in a powerful way.
1: Should gallery representation be a goal
3: for artists? It definitely can be. But I'm a strong believer in having a really strong independent home base. So that if you choose to work with a gallery, if you find a gallery relationship, or you're already working with a gallery, that you're not dependent on something that you don't own because things change. Galleries can close, social media accounts can shut down, but if you have your own website and even more importantly, your own email list, then you own that list. You have got direct contact with your collectors and they're able, you're able to engage with them to share your work, to build excitement about your latest collection and you've got that vital connection so that you are independent. And there are more and more galleries are seeing artists as part of their own marketing journey. And so there are ways that you can do this where you honor the gallery and you keep that relationship of the work that you sell and the work that they sell working really well. And that's gonna be different for different artists. But as long as there's communication and there's trust and respect there, you can have both. But you don't have to. You can do this with or without gallery representation.
2: That's That's fantastic. fantastic. Isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Please tell us your views on why creativity matters.
3: Well, firsthand experience of neglecting mine, as I mentioned before, I think really contributed to And a lot of women struggle with some depression when their kids are small. Whether that's, as my psychologist friend Melissa says, grief being separated from your mother can be part of that. Uh, In my case, I think neglecting my creativity was a huge part of that. Looking back, and I think for all humans, recognizing our creativity is really a huge part of who we are. It's not just luxury. It's actually necessity because although it's expressed different ways for different people, it's very core to our identity as humans. Problem solving, dreaming, planning for the future, continuous improvement, expressing ourselves, communicating on a really meaningful level, beauty, joy, all of those things are so important and it's so easy to have that stifled could be uh, a painful experience somebody said something critical and mm. maybe it was a teacher has that ever happened to either of you just those yes you,
1: you make a piece of art when you're in third grade if somebody criticizes it that's probably the last piece you ever make right
3: exactly
1: <laughs> if your mom isn't hanging it up on the refrigerator you're probably done <laughs>
3: Those art wounds can be really long-lasting. And interestingly, most kids draw or paint symbolically naturally until they get to about nine. And then we often start to have an interest in more realistic work. And if you get some help and can build some skills, then you often get validation. You feel like, oh, I can do this. But if mm-hmm. nobody shows you how to make that bridge from drawing symbolically to drawing more realistically, We often conclude, oh, well, I can't draw. I don't have any talent. I'm not artistic. And being kids, we have unrealistic expectations of how fast we can be great. (laughs) And often Mm -hmm. at that point, people decide I'm not creative.
1: Oh, yeah. Very sad.
3: Really, when in actual fact, it's just the perfect time to start building some skills. And skills don't limit your creativity. They give it wings.
1: I was going to ask you how important is talent to being successful as an artist and, and also how do you encourage people to paint like a paid artist?
3: Well, talent has actually um, been unpacked a little bit more by a really interesting study, I think, out of Exeter University. They looked at greats, including Mozart, and concluded that even for astonishing creatives like him. It wasn't about talent. Isn't that amazing? Even for Mozart. Really? Yes. It was about environment, about practice, about training. And it wasn't just Mozart. There was a long list of greats, but I firmly believe that, that it is not about talent. Uh, Obviously some people have more natural ability than others, but unless that's developed, unless there's a hard work ethic unless there's instruction unless there's practice it's not going to be developed very much anymore and somebody with zero talent can get the training have the desire the practice the tenacity to be very successful Hmm,
2: yeah perseverance
3: yeah so I don't I don't believe it's about talent Uh, and as far as um, I think the second question you raised was how to paint like a paid artist yeah such an interesting area Uh, people tend to think that they have to paint for the market You, you sometimes hear that you've got to paint what what people want not just what you want but I think that there's a way to do both that when you really know yourself and you know what you love and you tell that story well you find the people who love what you do Mm -hmm. And they're going to become passionate collectors. So painting like a paid artist to me means clarity, to know who you are, to know the value you bring, to know who it's for, to price it well, and to work in collections that make sense so that your audience get used to the way that you do things and you're taking them on this journey, you're releasing a collection at a specified time so they know and there's excitement and you're sharing the whole journey and people can't wait to buy that collection and good marketing can help you to build that audience so with you may be building your portfolio and your audience and your business at the same time but the marketing piece the marketing ecosystem your social media your website your email list it's helping all of that work together so painting like a paid artist starts at the idea stage, but it really goes all the way through to creating this seamless buying experience for your customers.
1: I love
2: that. I hope
3: that sort of answered that question. That's a
1: wonderful answer. That's a wonderful answer. Yes.
2: Um, Going back to talking about creativity, you were bringing up um, the idea of young people giving it up because they are not encouraged. So, How should people go about encouraging their son or daughter in the creative arts?
3: I love that, that whole aspect of encouraging creativity in our kids. If we can help them see that even if they're very different than each other, they're drawn to different things, they're all creative. We're born that way and they can explore their creativity in the way that interests them. So we're watching for interest in our kids And I find sitting down with the kids and drawing or doing something without even necessarily inviting them often gets them coming over and wanting to, what are you doing, mummy? You know, when they're little, just Mm -hmm. being around you or wanting to do what you do can be a great way to draw them in. There's another called... Sorry, did you find that?
1: Did you find that in your children? Have you ever been able to market their art, or do they seem like they're following your path?
3: <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, my, my girls are in their twenties now. One's a nurse, uh, and one's worked in a library as a library assistant. She's an absolute bookworm, and no, they haven't followed in my path. They're both very creative in their own way, but for neither of them has there been a real passion for drawing or painting. And so, and I learned some things from working with them of giving them things that were too hard to do so in my years of teaching kids art classes over time I figured out you've really not got to set the bar too high you've got to show them skills and get them to repeat it but you've got to make it fun there's an artist called Kathy Barbro who has um, like pdfs for kids step-by-step drawing uh, tutorials really they are and you can buy her pdfs and they're fantastic she has animals and landscapes and flowers for kids and they're very simple and i used those in my classes because they had just the right degree of difficulty to teach my method of measuring careful shapes then shading and then color and i taught color theory alongside that but i it kept it short it kept it fun kept the kids coming back for more and it kept them building their skills. And then as their confidence grew and their ability to work at it, we could increase the degree of difficulty. So I'd say have fun with them, find something simple, sign up for Kathy Barbro's um, art classes for kids and mm. get her PDFs because they're really great. That's,
1: That's good advice easy. for anybody.
2: Um, I, I was going to say that um, it's, it's a great way to not only teach young children art and how to paint or draw, but also to wire their brains into being creative for problem solving for anything in the future. Have you found that with the people you've taught?
3: Definitely. Whenever somebody comes to me, either a child or an adult, and they've had creative experience already, their confidence is so much stronger and their ability to persevere, make mistakes, learn from their mistakes and enjoy the process. I had a couple of artists come to my night oil painting class And both of them had done cake decorating. And I was trying to work out why these women were so confident in their oil painting, why they weren't just crippled with insecurities or struggling to be beginners. And over time I realised, aha, if you've built up creative confidence in one area of your life, it transfers. And that's the same for kids, same for business.
2: That's, That's great, Fiona. Thank you. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners as a takeaway for our conversation today?
3: I would encourage you, if you're drawing or painting and are thinking about starting a creative side hustle, it is possible. You can head to fionavalentine.com and I've got a free guide that you can download on how to start selling your art. I also have a Facebook group called The Confident Artist where I help people to develop a creative habit to make beautiful art, and to learn the art of selling art. So I'd encourage you, if you're interested, if you've maybe been dabbling a little bit, you're never too old to start, you're never too young to start, it's possible, and if you'd love to turn that joy for drawing and painting into something profitable, that's entirely possible too.
2: Well, thank you so much, Fiona. And our guest today on Lake Boomers has been Fiona Valentine, artist and entrepreneur. And as you just said, and I'd like to repeat, uh, you can find Fiona on her website, FionaValentine.com and grab her free download guide to how to start selling your art and look for her Confident Artist Facebook group. Thank you so much, Fiona.
3: My pleasure. It's been lovely talking with you, Kathy and Mary.
1: Thank you. And we want to remind our listeners to follow Late Boomers on Instagram and follow your co-hosts also at I am Kathy Worthington and at I am Mary Elkins. We hope you find our podcast inspiring and entertaining. Drop us a line by visiting our website, lateboomers.biz. That's B-I-Z. Thanks again, Fiona.
3: My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
2: We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here and that you enjoy a successful third act with your own style, power, and impact.
0: Calling all speakers, eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert? or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.